Previously on Talking Joe. The fuse on that grenade was about a million seconds long. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been thrown it into the cab, he's got it out, he's run around, he's put it under a door, he's looking around. Yeah. It must be about 10 seconds before that thing's gone off. Exactly. Do you remember that bit from uh, Batman the movie with Adam West where he's running, running on the, the dock? Bomb. Sometimes you just can't get rid of the bomb. Incredible. Talking Joe is on the air, and here are your hosts, Chief and Mark. Hey, hey, diddly, hey, diddly, do. It's me, the Chief Doggeroo, joined by you. It's Cobra Mark. Yes, why Cobra Mark? Like Cobra la. Got it, got it. Chief is slow on the uptake today, and as we'll learn during this episode, woefully underprepared and ill equipped to be co hosting any kind of podcast, let alone one as amazing as this. Uh, that being said, how have you been, my friend? What have you been up to? Yeah, it's been a uh, been a, a week. <laughs> We've okay. had things going on. Why yes. not? So I had uh, had uh, my boy's birthday. Uh, so he turned nine. Yep. Um, yeah, got some uh, good toys from from me. So uh, that that was a bit of fun, and seeing his reaction to those that was uh, good. He got the he got a Mandalorian, did he? No, that's uh, for Christmas. That's for Christmas. We're oh, saving shit. it up. Does for he Christmas. listen? He d- <laughs> <laughs> He's not now. <laughs> He knows what he's getting. Uh, no, what did he get? You got him a. Um... Uh, he got. Uh, what did he get? He got pu- a Punisher. That's right, the uh, Punisher, yeah. The, the Marvel Legends version you of got that. The one got the one on the bike, didn't you? That's right, with the cool bike and whatnot. And he got uh, the Winter Soldier from that as well. And, nice. Uh, yeah, I've seen that Winter Soldier figure. It looks pretty good. Yup. Have you got the Joe's got Duke on that bike yet? Uh, he's probably been on there at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. They're you know they're away in his room now, just having adventures. So good stuff, good stuff. What about you? What have you been up to? Yeah, I was a bit late, bit late to the pod to record today because I'm in the middle of making a garlic bread of all things. So uh, this garlic bread has got twenty cloves of garlic. So watch out if you're in Chiefs vicinity <laughs> tomorrow. A lot of garlic. Uh, no, I won't be there. I'm working from home. So actually, I take the kid to school. So them teachers better watch out. Because although the kid likes garlic bread, so she's gonna have some tonight. But yeah, so that is now um, needed. It's proving. And then as soon as we finish recording here, I'll pop down, roast that garlic off, stick it in there, uh, and the dough. Put it in the oven. Um, very good. The missus made some chocolate chip and coconut cookies this morning, which are very nice. She's now busy making a cottage pie. So yeah, lots of uh, baking and cooking going on yeah, in down at Castle Chief this week. Chief's Bakery, and yeah. I, what I noticed this week is there was there was a bit of a landmark meet reached over on the Outer Timers Instagram. Uh, ben okay. announced that he'd reached the uh, ah. two hundred film target. Yes, if you are if you are whoops if you are a uh, follower were a follower of the the. One of the top two podcasts on the planet, um, the Outer Timers, then you would have remembered way back in the beginning of the year, Chief set a challenge to watch 200 movies in a calendar year. You cannot watch the same film twice. You can watch films you've watched before, etc., etc. And uh, Ben, when we were still going strong on like episode 15 of Outer Timers, or even before that, episode 10... Uh, I posted a comment and he sent me this the other day where I said we're going to probably hit over 250 in this calendar year and that clearly did not happen because 
when the Outer Time is finished, the Chief just stopped watching movies. I am on 141, and he, like you said, has just eclipsed the 200 mark. So he surged way ahead. I put some graphs up about our trends, and mine is trending down now, where his has <laughs> kind of gone over the target. But yeah, he's, he's still got time to get to 250, for sure. He's got time, but what he said was, he said the Chief ruined film watching for him because all he saw in his head was a number. He's like... I have to now watch a film just so I can tick another one off this list of getting to 200, even if he didn't want to watch a movie that night. So <laughs> I ruined films for him, which is, you know, not ideal. But I, I always ruin hobbies for people. He says I ruined Skeletrics for him, and now he's got, I've got him on this uh, action figure collecting hobby, and I'm ruining that for him. So, you know, Chief destroys hobbies. That's kind of the way it goes. It's the new segment. <laughs> new, yeah, which, which hobby will Chief destroy next for people? But, uh, yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, speaking of those hobbies... Uh, of course, it's time for some action figure fiascos. Action figures. We all love them. We all love them. Action figures. Oh, yeah. They bring us joy in our daily life. Bring us joy. Action figures. Evoking memories from our childhood. childhood But now we're grown and we just can't stop Just can't stop Buying plastic till our wallets pop 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 When will it end? Who can say? Who can say? Cause action figures are part of our DNA 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 Some people say maybe we've gone a little whack but action figures bring us joy like a rainbow They are so hot like a splash of Tabasco Now it's time for action figure fiasco Now it's time for action figure fiasco Would it be fiascos or would it be fiasco? Uh Probably don't fiascos. need to pluralise it. Know. Why not? Wait, who, who's judging? Well, many fiascos in Chief's life. Um, now, I've sent you some pictures. Uh, as always, I try and include a Joe in this. And as I've just received Wave 2, that this segment with a Joe in at least will go on a little bit longer. I'm paired up with a Black Series Star Wars Black Series figure this week. The Joe, let me just get it out of the cabinet. Last week we had a couple of couple of baddies. We had Cobra Commander, Supreme Commander and uh, Doctor Doom, I think, wasn't it? Oh, this, right. week, yep. mm-hmm. this week we've got a couple of deadly females on the list. So the first is the classified Scarlet. And this will all be six-inch figures, if this is your first episode listening. Uh, I don't go any for that, in for any of that 3.75 malarkey. Uh, so when I saw all the images online of this Scarlet classified when they first released it, I was like, holy moly, this figure is incredible. Now, and I think you might disagree with me here, I'm not overly happy with the figure. Oh, hush. Okay. Why is that? Very, very loose. Very loose. Head, midriff. Um, my arms are... Well, the arms are okay, actually. But this is another problem that I'm finding with a lot of these Joes, these floating belts. Mm-hmm. So the belt, which doesn't... It's got a pouch. It doesn't actually hold any weapons, but it doesn't sit round her waist. It kind of floats up round mm-hmm. her boobs same with yours <laughs> well yeah I guess you can push it down and try and secure yeah. it in place a bit more but yeah I mean it is loose isn't it and also it the one that, that goes around her torso with the, the yeah the strap with the, uh, the bolts the, 
and then yep. the, the the knife holder and the mm-hmm. nice satisfactory uh, that knife goes slips in really nice and kind of really firm almost get a little click as it goes in i like that yep and but, i think it's funny that they they've got those two knives in the backpack on the on the back and on the front they think what you know what else would be really good to stick on here another knife so two <laughs> knives got, on the back yeah she's got two two knives up in in, in her backpack in the top of the her backpack she, and then where? one on her front oh i've got a hold in the two knives you're saying they slip in there yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, oh. They've got the holes in the top of the backpack. Oh, uh, well, you say uh, top. I've turned mine the other way around. That's the bottom oh, right, for me. Okay. I yep. have the bolts facing up, diagonal facing up, because mm-hmm. it looked a bit weird with them facing diagonal down. Yeah, I tried it that, that way around, but it didn't seem to fit to, to sort of sit quite. Ah, quite maybe well. that's why mine's all loosey goosey. Could be. Okay, fine. Uh, let's look at the, no. But my biggest complaint of the whole figure is the face. Oh really? Uh, in oh. terms of she's got the thousand yard stare. She's just dead behind the eyes. <laughs> it's just. Just no, I, d- I don't know. I think the the paint job's good. You know, it's a good it's a good sculpt, really good sculpt. It's just the eyes. It's just is she smiling? Is she? Well, I don't know. What what emotion has she got on her face there? I don't know. It's enigmatic. It's just. It's but, just. Yeah, I think the uh, eyes can often be the thing, a sort yes. of something that that um the, the can vary. Yeah, well, can make them break, but also can vary between between figure you know the same the oh, same really? figure because it's a you know it's an application and if yes. they're just ever so slightly out when they're uh, applying it we you can could be right have you a could bit be right. of an effect yeah really nice ankle rockers here so you can get into some great sort of low down crouched um, ninja style poses mm-hmm. nice double jointed knee and that knee pad kind of hides the join so you can really get her crouching without it looking to expose behind the knee pad the, the articulation is nice on here you know, like the gloves. The did you spot uh, on the inside of her left wrist? Inside left wrist. No, what am I looking at here? Throwing oh. stars, three throwing stars, just like the uh, OG figure. Oh, on the outside of the gauntlet. Oh, <laughs> I've got it as the inside. It must be that you've turned yours around the other way. Uh, okay, you've got it as the inside, right? Okay. So again, yeah. we've Who that's how mine know? came. Mine came with okay. Mine came with that posed on the outside, but I bought mine second hand. So whoever had been using it had obviously turned it. So the throwing stars, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Of course. Oh well, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't claim to know which way is actually the right way right now that you no, said well, that. No, no, no. <laughs> well, is there could, a right? Is there? A, I'm looking that... at the sculpt of that forearm, and is it? Is it? I suspect that actually the the looking at it again, it's it's mirroring the right. Um, so I think actually the stars are on the outside, not on the inside. Ah, there we go. We're learning. We're continuously learning on uh, Talking Joe. Uh, all right, so I'll turn that one round. Right, okay, I see what you've done. Yeah, I see what you mean now, yeah. And I think that the glove kind of matches. If you look at the other the other side, the right-hand side. Exactly, yeah. The, the yeah, gold yeah. kind of app on the glove kind of filters down to that gauntlet exactly, on the wrist. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. But the paint apps are pretty much good. I love that star on the shoulder pad. Initially, where I said with Duke, I was okay with the kind of the, the gold and the metallic shin guards and that kind of stuff. Uh, when I got the scarlet, I was like, no, in the flesh, this is too garish around the, the, the knee and the lower leg. Didn't like it, but now I'm kind of holding it and playing with it. It's okay. I, don't, I, I actually come around to it now. Uh, I've come around to the, the, the kind of over coloured lower portion of the leg um, really loose waist 
like the snake eyes one and the face but speaking to you now i think i'm, I'm a bit more love has grown into the figure now just the posability okay, of it cool. is really really good cool, i'm cool, just cool. getting into some great poses shame about that <laughs> that Dropped face her. where she cares about nothing um <laughs> okay let's move on let's move on i've not had the crossbow i've not had her having the crossbow yet. i've only had her holding the knives so yeah the crossbow has a tendency of falling apart a bit so um one of those accessories that probably could benefit from a dab of glue. Okay. All right, let's move on. Uh, the next figure is Sabine Wren from the Star Wars Black series. Now, Very good. from Rebels, I watched season one of Rebels and didn't really dig it, so didn't bother watching it anymore. But this figure is pretty cool. Got it reduced uh, box damage, which was minor from Forbidden Planet. They knocked Fiverr off, so I got it for 15 quid. So why not? And I'm kind of collecting a Mandalorian helmeted crew so i've got mm -hmm. the best guy mando i've got the heavy mando i've got boba fett and now because sabine comes with a mandalorian helmet i thought i'd better get her comes with dual wielding pistols trigger finger on both hands and then she also comes with double holsters and she comes with some kind of communicator thing which i appear to have lost i thought it was in a holster <laughs> but it's not uh and on the helmet the like what? Where is that bit? That like the an, the ant? It's almost like an antenna thing. Yeah. So they the sort of I uh, think in the in the in the films and whatnot yep. they it comes down, doesn't it? As like a bit of a viewfinder. For... Ah. Oh yes, it does. It does it on this figure as well. Cool. And uh, this is the face printing technology they're using now on these Star Wars Black Series figures, um, which means you get a really good. This is how you do you know a, a good facial. Uh, figure as opposed to the scarlet one but <laughs> i would say that the scarlet figure this is a problem that's been labeled at, and i'm no expert that has been labeled at especially marvel legends their female characters just the articulation and the leanness of the figures has is, is been way off and now this is almost too thin that the arms are very spindly um whereas the scarlet one has a bit more heft to her mm, so a bit okay. more weight around the the legs and the arms you know makes it makes her look pretty mean whereas this sabine i know sabine's supposed to be quite young but maybe a bit too slender however the paint apps on the on the chest piece the checkered shoulder pad there the kind of whatever the symbol is on the other shoulder guard is kind of a bit dirt and muck on it speckled on the boots the more again this is what i'm finding the problem is i've got too many of these figures i'm buying so i open them up have pose them with a, a weapon and put them in the display cabinet and that's it but now i'm playing with the figure just for these few minutes talking to you and i'm getting so much more appreciation for it just by having a little play and mess around with it so don't don't put your figures in the display cabinet and lock them away people they're you know they're toys they're there to be played with get them out um but yeah great figure Very recommender good. yeah and i'd say give give rebels give rebels a chance i think it's one of those series that gets better as it goes along uh, okay yeah i think i felt the same the first time i was watching series one that was a little bit dismissive but but as 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 a press progressed through through the uh through the episodes all the way through to the end it kind of it does sort of build and it does feel a bit bit a little bit more weighty and uh, right. a bit more substance and a bit more skill to the animation as well so okay yeah i'd all say right. don't write it off all right good stuff uh sabine wren quality figure here so uh pick her up if you can but these, these Black Series ones are getting hard to find. It's like, um, I was chatting to Benny's like, right, I really want the Ahsoka. And I think she's she's either out or only just come out or on pre-order. And you pretty much can't get hold of her anywhere already. Mm. Um, and she's, either, like I say, either on pre-order or only been out for a month or so. And, you know, stock is almost impossible to get. 
hopefully not the scalpers, hopefully just a, a lack of production, but um, there you go. More action figure fiasco next week. Uh, but right now, it's time for Comic Talk. Comic Talk, oh, Comic Talk. Barry Hammer rides them, Chief and Mark discuss them, whoa. Comic Talk, oh, Comic Talk. Barry Hammer rides them, Chief and Mark discuss them, whoa. Okay, this week we are covering 237 and 238. This is we're kind of going to rank this as a five-part storyline. We'll do the other three parts next week, but right now, okay, we're going to look at covers. Favorite cover. Right. So again, we're just back to the two covers now: the regular and the John Rawls subscription. Where is your money going of these four covers we've got on display here? So if I was to put my money down, I would say actually the John Royal. I think so. Which um, one? Oh, so we've actually. It's worth noting that that the John Royal covers are interconnecting. Yep. So, two three seven, two three eight, and two three nine actually do do make a uh, a larger image. Ah, right. And, Didn't know that. Ooh. So so yeah. It's a choice between Cover Girl and Snake Eyes, or Scarlet with uh, Outback in there. And let's go, Scarlet. Of a yeah, got a bit of a okay, soft spot. Okay, so you're Scarlet, going for this so. two two three eight. Yep. Yep. Ah, uh, right, yes, I've got the image. I've got it up now, so she's in the... That's the centre image. Yeah, yeah, pretty striking stuff. Uh, again, it doesn't relate to anything that's going on storyline-wise, but as a as a three pieces together, that's a good one. Colours colors really nice on those John Royal covers. So who's doing... It's colours by James Offredi. Not familiar with James, but uh, you're doing good work there, sir. <laughs> Uh, I actually quite like um, I like all the four covers here this week, but I do like the two three seven Gallant cover Zartan, just like his pose. I like the fact that that's his his offhand, his right hand is kind of on the flat of the blade, and then you've got all these toys in the background. I was going to get you to can Mark name the toys, but I did no research uh, to know <laughs> if you were going to guess them correct or not. So unless you know who they are and want to guess them, so so there's dinosaur thing. <laughs> yes. Then there's a Transformers whatnot. I think uh, that might be uh, Wheeljack. Yeah, That's my yeah, only yeah, contribution. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so, so yeah, Wheel Wheeljack. Then I'm guessing the red thing is like a GoBot or something okay. along those yes. lines. Then there's a weird, who knows what clam monster thing. Bottom left, you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> See, I tell you who that reminded me of. That reminded me a little bit of the creature from Big Trouble in Little China. Okay, okay. That one serves of your no favorites. purpose in the storyline of the movie. He's just there and he kidnaps Kim Cattrall and then just ends up on the back of Jack Burton's truck at the end. Yeah, weird. And but. he's he's on sale at six hundred and seventy-five dollars as well. So yeah, he is not cheap. Uh, then we've got a, a ET brain thing. Yeah, and he's got a phone in his hand. Very nice. Yeah, and uh, and a yellow goodness Teletubby <laughs> thing yeah oh, weird but no and Dawn in the background as well kind of stalking that's right stalking Zartan. look at the size of it you know she's only just bigger than that big Teletubby thing so look at the size of these things and there's a big you missed out the big giant eye thing yeah but mm-hmm. anyway um, yeah I, I like that cover bit of fun yeah I think, it is a bit and, of fun um, kind of stuff that happens in the, in the storyline as well so 
Yeah. Uh, but if you're not familiar with what's going on, uh, here is they've started calling it a sit rep in the comic, but here is Last Time on a Real American Hero. Razor sharp shrapnel and twisted armor litter the desert floor as Alpine Torpedo and Tunnel Rat unexpectedly join forces with Layla to rescue Bombstrike from the nefarious clutches of Black Major. Meanwhile, Stalker, Storm Shadow, and Zap take down Red Laser and his secret blue ninja hive mind weapon with some airborne ballistic subterfuge of their own, courtesy of Ace in the land of a million elephants. All this while Zartan continues his search for the mysterious ninja girl called Dawn. I'm not sure who's writing those, but not the best grammar this week, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, interiors, obviously we've got Larry writing both these, we've got SL Gallant on art, we've got Brian Shearer on inks and Jay Brown on colours. So, yeah, um, long-running yeah. team. Long-running team, great team, great team. So uh, let's, for those that are not reading the issues, let's fill some people in on what's happening. Plot breakdown. So, over in New York's East Village, there's a mysterious man who comes into Granny's shop to sell a sword, the blade known as Morning Light. Granny immediately clocks that this is a copy, Evening Shade, and the owner must therefore be Zartan. There's a scuffle that ensues, the Sword of Judgment plastic toy uh, is deployed by Granny, but Zartan is younger and stronger, that's the explanation in the comic anyway, and brings her down in the, with the flattened edge of the sword. Dawn runs to the back room and pulls up the floorboards to get morning light. Zartan is able to uh, induce a flashback back to Nam and the time that Snake Eyes is shot down and rescued by Storm Shadow and then to the moment that the Hardmaster was shot during the Cloak of Chameleon. Zartan explains that he has had an epiphany and a penance and would like to warn Dawn of the danger from Cobra. But all doesn't go according to plan. Uh, Dawn's eyes glow red and she runs through him with the sword. Schlip! Granny saves Zartan, but Dawn vanishes with the two swords and her new fighting togs, which I'm guessing we shall see later. Storm Shadow and the new Snake Eyes uh, appear. Storm Shadow says that uh, before, Dawn had a dormant memory, but now it has been awakened, and a remorseless revenant is in its place, and there will be no stopping it! Yeah, yep, it's all going down there. Uh, that that takes up, I would say, most of at least this first issue, doesn't it, of, of that storyline? Yeah, but, definitely. Uh, there's other. There's Joe action elsewhere. It's in Transcarpathia. It's in Darklonia, to be precise. We've got a Joe team, which is uh, I think it's Roadblock, Lady J, Flint, Spirit, and Sneak Peek. They're on a tomahawk, and they're going in. It's one of these kind of standard support. Uh, missions. Well, as I say standard, we've done a lot of recon lately, but now they're actually in a support role. They're going to meet up with the Darklonian resistance and offer some support in their cause. There's a mysterious leader, Werewolf One, which uh, actually turns out to be uh, Katia, I think, which is the, the woman that Sneak Peek was a bit sweet on when he was over there. Um, we get Joe action, uh, Roadblock especially opens up on some Cobras um, and the ones he's opening up on is some nice nice cameos by the Cobra Hydrofoils that they come out and yeah, just kind of setting up stuff to come, especially with Katia as a bit of a callback, so good stuff over there. Cool, and then the, the third subplot is over in Spring- Springfield, so Wade Collins and his wife have been uncovered and they're under fire following a tip-off from their neighbours. The daughter heathers out shopping and sneaks up on the neighbours. Let's keep smiling and adjourn inside, shall we? Uh, Whereas Dawn is on her way to Springfield, and she's dreaming on a Greyhound bus and has a flashback to the Obon Festival that was mentioned in the previous arc. 
A younger demon granny is out with snake eyes. The Tenshu Raiden clan attack granny for teaching the secret Arashikage techniques to foreigners. We find out how granny got her scar that Dawn had previously recognised. And when Dawn wakes up from her bad dream, she is on a, that bus headed to Springfield. Storm Shadow, Snake Eyes and Zartan are on a road trip on her tail. They discuss the darkness that is within Snake Eyes, who had wiped out those Tenchu Raiden single-handedly. And then cut to Cobra Commander, also in Springfield. He complains that he had had enough of Destro pushing his own agenda and wants to strike while Baroness and Zartan are otherwise engaged. Destro is called to Cobra Commander's throne room, only for him to be locked in the chair, his iron grenadiers shot by bats. But before he can do anything, Cobra Commander is surprised by Destro's go-go gadget arms. He turns the tables and is released. Go-go gadget arms! We must do this again sometime. Hey, he's turning tables a la bomb strike. Yeah. Those yeah. those those ninja turning table skills are sort of going all around the place here. Yeah, yeah. So let's dig into the meat of these subplots. Talking, Talking points. Right, okay, let's we might as well take the first one. Or take them as they come. So like I said earlier, the East Village stuff takes up the bulk of what's going on here and there's a bit of uh, tete-a-tete between Granny and a mysterious guy who's got a sword, and obviously it turns out to be Zartan, a big fight ensues. Now, I've written a, I've written only a couple of bits of thing here. As usual, your notes will be much more um, thorough than mine. I've written sword mayhem, question mark. <laughs> i got no idea what's going on with this sword stuff. Yeah, it's, a, entire, well, it's entirely confusing and going on a little bit too, lo- too long. I don't know how much the audience would have been in, enjoying the morning light, evening shade uh, yeah. plot uh, here. And uh, and actually, I, I've, in in the last week, I read the Storm Shadow Devil's Dew series. Ah, the one I said I was going to read and didn't. Yes, go on. probably that one. Yeah, and uh, and actually reading it, the the whole story does make a bit more sense because it because it is very concentrated on on evening shade, morning okay. light, and that's where the concepts I think are first uh, introduced. So, right. I think uh, I think Larry assuming that everyone had that knowledge. Uh, going into this series is, was probably a bit of a, a, a leap. Right. Okay, um, I might read that. I put that in my custom bind in my first in the front of my first IDW custom bind. Okay. So I put it effectively having finished one five five in the Marvel one, going on to before one five five and a half. I actually put that one to seven in. Okay, that's a actually in hindsight a fairly uh, respectable place to, to put yeah, it. I, given. I was I was completely guessing. I was only, I, did, I had no idea, obviously, um, but the fact that it was just another Harmer story that kind of seemed to be the same continuity, although I wasn't sure if it was, I just put it in there. But like you say, I got, kind of got lucky. But I've got I've got actually got three points, you know, within this little storyline bit. The first is, did we really need another flashback? To, you know Tommy saving uh, Snake Eyes mm. I don't know I don't it's been really, done we've read it a lot I don't think we really needed that I, I guess they're doing it from the point of view everything's from you know POV of Snake Eyes who is now embedded in Dawn I suppose yeah so it's Dawn and you also that carries on to the to the death of the Hardmaster again so it's more flashbacks so but that, that wasn't you know really okay fine it is what it is but Two, two other questions or two main questions are is Snake Eyes evil because when Zartan who I thought had come initially to 
kill Dawn, or at least he alludes that to the Cobra hierarchy, that he's now going to hunt her down and, and stop her. Uh, we find out in 238, when he's chatting to Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes 2, that it was it's an intervention. He's trying to either um, separate the, the Snake Eyes entity from Dawn's body, or some kind of intervention. Um, but he... So, so when he approaches Dawn, he says, I had an epiphany after I killed the Blind Master, I did my penance, and then I came to an understanding with Storm Shadow. But I didn't understand this bit. You have to work something out with me. Cobra knows where you are now. Your life here with Granny is over. There is no escape. So is that him Is that him actually trying, turning a corner of good again and trying to save her? Well, yeah, I, th- I think it does seem to be a misguided attempt from Zartan to help Dawn, but... Right. Quite why him trying to awaken those memories in her is necessarily yeah. gonna do that. I don't know. Because exactly all that happens know. is she gets the glowing red eyes of Darkseid and stabs him in the, <laughs> through the chest with a sword. <laughs> exactly. And and the other the, the other confusing element about that was that yeah, Cobra Command didn't actually seem that bothered about Dawn and it was only <laughs> and it was only Zartan previously that was trying to convince Co- Co- Cobra Commander and Co that that Dawn was the threat that needs to be squashed before she's forged into an unstoppable weapon so yeah. um it, 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 yeah it seems like he, he's playing both sides here in a in a quite a weird way okay and a quick question here with regards to that panel where she has stabbed him with a sword that is i guess we're led to believe that is more Dawn than Snake Eyes or because I don't know, or maybe Snake Eyes just wanted Zartan dead. You know, yeah. going back all the way from when he killed the Hardmaster. Maybe that is Snake Eyes seeking revenge, and that is the the prominent, um, overpowering, or dueling um, identities that that's caused there. But we know that if this character, whether it be Dawn or Snake Eyes, wanted Zartan dead that sword strike would have gone through the heart and we've seen it before where I think Snake Eyes who was it? Was it Snake Eyes Strikes Scarlet or Mm -hmm. the other way around? Uh, Snake Eyes Strikes Scarlet that's right. And it's it's a precision strike that meant to look like he was trying to kill her but clearly left her alive and that must be the same thing here because next thing we know Zartan's running around in the next issue. Well yeah he got got better didn't he? (laughs) He got better ASAP. (laughs) Yeah. Um Uh. But, and saved by uh, uh, by Demon Granny, and um, yeah. this might have not been something you picked up on, but Demon Granny is the Hardmaster's widow. Ah, yes. So yes. Yeah. her saving Zartan is like a, a, a kind of an extra level there of, uh, of extra extra level of Mother Teresa and, there uh, <laughs> and redemption there. So yeah, uh, yeah. So, I, I think so, I'm going to go for a no prize. I think Dawn wanted to kill Zartan because she's fearing for her life. Dawn's attacking her, Zartan's attacking her, so she's like self-defence. But as Snake Eyes was able to assert enough control at the last moment to make the sword strike a non-lethal one. Yeah, why not? Let's go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Prize on his way. (laughs) Um, You you probably spotted the uh, Larry Harmerism. Yeah, so so should we go for it? So it's... There, there was there was two Larry Hammerisms. Oh, and, was there? Uh, well, one of them, the first one was uh, the brick in the purse coming out again with a, okay, yes. which is a character trait just as much as a as a Hammerism. And reading Storm Shadow series, that makes more sense as well. That uh, Demon Granny's family 
made their money in the production of bricks. So she's got a, uh, nice. a an affinity for, for bricks. But let's go for everybody's favourite hammerism, <laughs> which is the sucking chest wound. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. making, and I on my count, the eighth appearance in the uh, post-155 oh, wow. uh, run. So, okay. yeah, they say sucking chest wound. I'll seal it up with this cellophane, cellophane wrapper. We need two dressings. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's a deep one, but then we might as well. And that's actually where he gets admitted to hospital. That's kind of the end of issue two, three, seven. So that was all that that the plot had contained in that whole issue. But go into two, three, eight. Let's just wrap up the Zartan Dawn stuff. Then we'll talk about the other storylines. So next time we see Zartan, he is in the the truck, isn't he, with Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes? Yeah, safely recovered from his own sucking chest wound. Yeah, pink <laughs> fluffy dice. Um, uh, before we get to that though we've, there's a granny is and she's referenced this I think either in the last issue or a few issues before she references the Obon festival that's right yeah so that's part of uh, yeah the, the flashback that, that um, Dawn has in, in yeah. uh, when she's on the coach and yeah, yeah, so, yeah so we find out exactly what what happened then and this get- was there was some yeah there was a bit here so to the uh, Abake Abasani, the Arashikages are teaching their secret techniques to foreigners, right? So there's a rival kind of um, sect of the Arashik, oh no, the Tenchu Raiden clan, sorry. They've, yeah. they've come in and they're not happy with the Arashikage teaching to foreigners, so they've put a big throwdown uh, on Granny. She's managed to take a few out, but. Um, then yeah, Snake Eyes lets loose. Yeah, he, he his... goes he goes full rogue and, and does a massacre on him. Exactly, he does an Anakin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he does. He does an Anakin on the Tuscan Raiders, man. Yeah, good shout, good comparison. And um, but it's nice to see, yeah, that, that an, another clan there um, with that quite cool demon-headed d- design. Yeah, that quality. Um, I don't know if we'll see them come back into the uh, into the series or not, given that Snake Eyes seem to have massacred the entire clan. But <laughs> you never know. And I like the fact when he comes back. He's all bedraggled, but he's got his shades on. He did it with sunglasses on. <laughs> he did. Why not? He wears sunglasses at night. That's it. That's it. And, um, yeah, so we're, we're waiting to see... Oh, Granny's with him as well, of course, with Zartan and Storm Shadow, and we're waiting to see what this intervention or how they're going to try and separate Snake Eyes from Dawn. So, yeah. Uh, but who is now, as Tommy mentioned, a remorseless blood, blood frenzy that seemed unstoppable. So how, how they're going to stop him, I don't know. No, indeed. But there's some some loose slips in that uh, in that minivan or whatever it is that they're they're in right. when they're tracking uh, tracking Dawn because uh, uh, Zartan lets uh, lets slip that he knows that uh, we have a new Snake Eyes and uh, and yeah. he's actually called Sean in front of Zartan. So pff, not very good discipline there, given given exa- you know what they went through to actually create his new identity just uh, a few years a few uh, a few issues earlier yes yes he is not thinking with his head thinking with his heart you know so unlucky (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that will come back to 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 pay but we'll find out i guess or we won't find out um as in true gi joe fashion but are you I think I said this last time, are you happy with the way this Dawn stuff is progressing or is it too much ninja? Is it, is it, I don't know, this, this dueling identity is quite interesting to a degree if you can suspend your disbelief that someone's memories and personality are residing in someone else's head, then there's kind of intrigue there, but 
I don't know. I'm just not on board. I don't think fully. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going with this one. We'll see see how it how it all pan pans out. There's <laughs> some elements which a little bit make you go, huh? but um, but yeah, let let's see where they go. I think the the bit that's you know galled me a little bit more about these two two issues was that last little crowbars crowbar bit where uh, Cobra Commander locked up Destro in the manacles and tried to kill him again, and you think oh. honestly. You know, right. <laughs> can't you just quit on this? Yeah. And Despero must be just be so bored of Cobra yeah. Commander constantly trying to kill him. All right, let's go. Let's go to the Springfield stuff then uh, next. So, like you say, we we've got a couple of things going on here. Um, the Collins family is under siege uh, in their house, and it's there's a there's on the second page where it says in Springfield. Okay, on the next page across, love that shot of the Toxo Viper chucking that grenade. He says this should suppress their fire. Just a really cool panel oh, of that of that Toxo Viper kind of throwing that grenade towards. Them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was actually going to say this, in terms of the the art. I think there was some um, some interesting stuff going on in the previous ninjas ninja stuff, which right. was that actually where Gallant was adopting a lot of the traits of uh, the typical kind of manga uh, fighting fighting action, where there's a lot of speed lines, sort of. All um, concentrating in on the centre of the 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 action. So yeah. a lot of his backgrounds were a lot more simplified, and just with those those uh, those you know manga esque lines. Motion stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, interest interesting stylistic choice to try and uh, yep. kind of echo what's going on in the story. But yeah, yeah. really no, fun. And 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 that kind of is a is a nice uh, comparison to what we see in the Springfield because on these pages, you know, you've got hundreds of these Cobra Troopers, Vipers, not hundreds obviously, but loads of detailed stuff going on and he's kind of cramming in all the details here yeah absolutely those those vipers like stuck on the top of the garage or whatever it is the shed <laughs> the guy splayed legs down propped up yeah, yeah brilliant yeah, stuff what is techno viper whatever it is yeah yeah good stuff meanwhile the neighbors are sipping champagne <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a little uh little show for them isn't it it's like oh, look, yeah well, look what's yeah. going on next door yeah but heather does you know heather pops up you know and She's going to be a, a, a force or a fly in the ointment, so to speak. And, you know, they mention her tech skills again, I think, do they? Which I think you mentioned. That's right. She'd set up uh, some nasty surprises for when uh, the Cobras yes. are going to try and uh, crack into her computers once they yeah, get that, in. That was going to be, that was going to be spoilers for later, although it's not really spoilers. When we hit favourite dialogue, it was going to be the bit where she says, they'll get a nastier surprise when they open the refrigerator. Too bad I can't stick around to see the fun because I wanted to know what was in there, but uh, that's been usurped by another bit of dialogue that I found okay. anyway. Um, and that's kind of it. You kind of only get those three pages of what's going on, but we now know that the Collins are going to be held hostage. Heather's on the loose, though, so what what fun can she get up to? But the other part of Springfield is the one you mentioned, which you're kind of getting bored with, and so am I, of uh, Cobra Commander. He's had enough of Destro, so he's going to try and off him again. Destro comes in to see the Commander... Uh, with his, he's got a couple of iron grenadiers with him. They get mowed down. Destro's in a chair, and Cobra Commander hits a switch, which kind of manacles Destro's arms to the chair. But out of nowhere, suddenly his <laughs> hands shoot off, like you said, go go gadget style, and he puts them around. Does he get them around Cobra Commander's throat? He does. Yes. Yeah. So how is he controlling these? Must be with his mind. Must be. <laughs> Can only be. Unless there's some kind of Cobra uh, Baroness, as 
tapped into his he's got some kind of heads up display which is uh, being broadcast back in where his base is and baroness has kind of remote control of his hands yeah or maybe he's got like sort of kind of uh, uh, google goggle type uh, affair where you know he's looking he's got a heads up display in his vision and yes. he's able to control some of these things with By the, where he's looking. his eyes yeah 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 yes or he's pre-programmed the hands to to recognise Cobra Commander's face. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's Many got, options there for he's no got, prize. He's got a pre-programmed routine expecting to, uh, Cobra Commander to uh, try and double-cross him once again, yeah. as he always does. Now, so. now, do I remember Destro ever losing a hand? Uh, he had had them badly damaged in that sequence where he uh, where the castle fell on top of him and he was kind of right. propping it up with his um, okay but his he's hands. opted for full double amputation here <laughs> it looks like it doesn't it <laughs> i mean what when you turn that page i'd forgotten i think i had read had i read this far i don't know i thought i hadn't read this far but i think that 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 record no i didn't i don't think i did so when i turned that page the other day and read that i was just like what the deuce is going on here? I mean, are you down with it or not? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Come on. You know. No. This, this S-Job in- 7 is actually having a heart attack right now, I think. Why, why is that? What's happened to S-Jobs? No. What, what's he looked because at? Because how crap it's become. I mean, he jumped <laughs> off because he, he got to the point where these issues are literally uh, making him depressed. So when he gets to this one, if he's, I know he's still listening, but whether or not he's um, forcing himself to read the issues. But if you are reading these issues, S-Jub 7, I mean, your head is in your hands right now, my friend, I, I'm betting. Well, I, th- I think the, the Transcarpathia bit has got a little bit more military realism. And, yes, uh, let's go over to that going, then, because I think we've probably it. wrapped up that stuff. So this opens really nicely. Those, This is the first couple of pages of the issue. Really nice tomahawk coming in low across the landscape. You've got Lift Ticket and Wild Bill there looking really cool. That third panel where it's kind of splashing through the water, love it. And then the flip over, great lighting here by Brown on the colours, yeah. kind of giving it that interior red light kind of danger, low covert style kind of feel. Really nice stuff. Yeah, a nice sequence. I always, I always like these, this this kind of thing when uh, when they get to it. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. We should have opened up with this subplot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if people are still with us, uh, yeah, this is this is the good stuff. And those look at those launching, those uh, mores, uh, hydrofoils launching, great. Yeah, soft spot for those. Nice to see them uh, making a, make another appearance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is kind of again, this is a bit of set up here. Um, they're looking for this werewolf one character who I thought was the bearded dude, but it's actually Katya, isn't it? Yeah, the bearded dude was. Gross the scrounger, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> as yeah, he introduces gross. himself. How how do you get a nickname like that, and how yeah. do you then completely own it? <laughs> <laughs> um, good squad as well. I like this team. I like this team of Lady J, Roadblock, Flint, Spirit, and Sneak uh, Sneak Peek. Um, you know, I don't mind him; he's okay. But the other four, you know, I like all those guys big time. Yeah, always good to see those uh, those guys in actions, and it makes you know makes sense. Sneak Peek being there. Given uh, given the role that he played in in that sort of subplot today, yep. so yeah, uh, and that, that, this is all kind of set up, which hopefully will play out in at least the next three issues when we kind of we, we're gonna. I have read ahead the next three issues, so uh, I'm I'm happy to say that we can yo jo those five. But um, yeah, I, I think that's probably the most not the most intriguing because 
Joe just going on a support mission isn't intriguing, but for me, it's the best of the three that we've we've seen there. Yeah, and there's some good old uh, hammerisms in there as well, with um, them calling out the calibre of their weaponry being used as they're shooting. So we've got some uh, 50 cal, some 5.66 millimetre and some 9 millimetre in there as well. So if you're just measuring as you're going along. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So did you spot anything in these issues that was kind of placed maybe by the artist? I spy with my little eye. Um, yes, yeah, so I spotted a few things with my own little eye there. So um, they talked about the diaclone sale in the shop. Does that right. uh, resonate with you? Diaclone? Nope. So diaclone was a toy line by Takara Toys that launched in 1980, and many of the toys were co-opted by Hasbro into the Transformers line. So the Autobot vehicle-based characters came from the car robots set of diaclone robots so ah. something that is elaborated quite a lot in the toys that made made us documentary on uh, on transformers worth uh, ah, i've watched that obviously paid no attention to it <laughs> and the the other one there was the the sword of judgment that granny used to to fight zartan with that that uh, is actually a, a sword as well any guesses where that might have come from Mm, no so that is optimus prime's personal blade from the movie transformers the last ah, night right okay and don't, i don't know if i've seen that one. <laughs> probably a bag of shit and i had an I, am i stupid as well because looking ah, at these me issues, yeah <laughs> looking at these issues it was something that just didn't quite make sense to me and it might be that i'm being stupid or it might be uh that i'm entirely justified um, but back in issue 217, Zartan oh, wow. tracked down Storm Shadow when he was um, at the Ar- Arishikage, um encampment. Yep. And he gave Storm Shadow uh, the blade Evening Shade. And I don't think there was any sequence where he got it back again. So how come he's got it now? Mm. No idea. I am not the man to answer that. Uh, have you have you thought about a no prize? So the no prize could be that the that scene concluded with Zartan trying to give it back to Storm Shadow, but then Storm Shadow refused his offer and said that uh, Zartan had been forgiven and redeemed, and he was the best person to uh, look after the sword and help carry that uh, responsibility with him as part of his uh, ongoing penance. Right. Okay, yeah. So he didn't accept it and Zartan kept it after all. Yep. Or there could have just been something entirely plausible in the plot that I've just forgotten about. <laughs> A long time ago, 2.17. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, only two issues on display here, but did any piece of scripting stick out to you? Favourite line of dialogue. Uh, the one that uh, stuck out for me, and I hope you, hope you haven't picked the same one, was Flint talking about the Dark Clonian resistance. No, nope, no. Nope. Sneak Peek should know. He was undercover in Dark Clonia so long he went almost went native. In fact, he did go native, in a way, with the landlord's daughter, no less. Boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very oh, good. Oh, Flint. Very good. Um, my one is from one of the Tenchu Raiden clan. Oh. As they're about to lay the smackdown on Granny. I will dispatch the Gajan dog to the realm of hungry ghosts myself with my horse-killing sword. (laughs) Everyone needs a good old horse-killing sword. Excellent, yes. 
Yes, Indeed. Yes. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, again, two issues, you know, so less to choose from, but did anyone really tweak your bells? Who is the MVP? Most valuable person in these issues. Who is the MVP? Is it a Cobra Joe or the enemy? The good guys are the Joes now show Counter-terrorist force but hush it's on the down low Pages of this book go have a look We're searching for guys or gals that have the hook The hook up being the best thing in the story Chomping up scenes front and center allegory And let's not forget about those cats named Cobra Sipping Don Perignon, are you sure they're sober? Brainwave Scanner is back gonna be messing Big CC and Destro teach a lesson Talking valuable, can we talk the dreadnoughts, grapes, soda, chocolate, donuts, and then the jukebox? Who is the MVP? Most valuable person in these issues. Who is the MVP? Is it a Cobra Joe or the enemy? Well, I was thinking about who is sticking out here as my MVP, and I thought, probably... Let's go, Granny. Okay. So uh, she had some good uh, handbagging <laughs> action. Yeah, she did, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, swinging that thing around like nobody's business, and and also getting stuck in with that horse killing sword uh, fight yes. uh, with the with the raiders. So yeah. Uh, yeah, some good action there from from Granny. Uh, yeah. So so that yep. she she won my vote. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, I am controversially and unexpectedly going for Destro. Oh. <laughs> uh, just because he had the balls and audacity to cut off his hands and put two go-go gadget hands on. <laughs> um, and, well, maybe he's not the MVP. Maybe the MVP is, you know, his Harold, you know, the, the guy who makes all Batman stuff. Maybe he's got a Harold in a cave somewhere who... who tricks out his suit for him so the mvp goes to destro's harold yeah and he's like uh he's like these things on my the end of my arms i have yeah. no need for them and he's like yeah. you sure boss you really want me to cut those off yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go um right uh we're not yo-joing the story arc as a whole but we might as well give out some yo-joage just for what we've read here i am going first and uh same old same old so i'm just coming in with a a low six yeah, I think I'm about the same. A low low six. That um, yes, I'm still still enjoying them. Still, you know, some fun there to be had. But elements of this are a little bit <laughs> a little bit annoying. Yep, yep. Okay, good stuff. More issues next week. Like I said, two three nine to two four one. We'll wrap up this storyline. But right now, we need to talk about toys, and you're the man to do it. Mark talks about toys. Ho ho. He talks about GI Joe. He talks about all the toys from the comic book and the animated show. Mark talks about toys. Mark talks about toys. So, Chief, out of these two issues, anything that uh, appeared in there that you think, oh, that might be something that Mark would want to talk about? Uh, I don't think we're doing anything with the Dawn one. I There is no... Go go gadget hand Destro figure as far as I'm aware. <laughs> um, oh, can you imagine if they made that? Um, Crikey, yeah. Anything in the Springfield thing? No. So let's go to Dark Lonia, and it could be the Hydrofoil. Oh, Bing 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 Bing. Yes. 
Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Let me send uh, send across some photos Please of do. this to you. So, what is your uh, personal recollection or encountering with uh, the hydrofoil? Did not have it, but and I don't think Ben had it. But I had a friend called Dan Sheeran, and Ben will remember him, and he had it. So, yeah. So that's another person that. I did. I was trying to think. Oh, Ben was the only person that I knew that had Action Force, but um, or GI Joe. But yeah, this other guy did. But I don't think we were friends long enough. In that we were friends long for a long time, but not in the crossover of GI Joe toys. But he definitely had it, and it was. I remember it being massive. It was. It was um, a huge. I don't know if that's because I was as young and small, but yeah, I remember it being big. And I, I, did it? Did it have some kind of function where it could kind of? the front of the is it i don't i don't want to make myself a fool by knowing what the bow or whatever is but the front of the boat kind of almost lifted up so it could kind of that, skim through the water or something that's, like that that's right so so there was a thing on the back of the boat as kind of a lever that you could pull and that would flip open uh, flip up the uh the hydrofoils on that's the it, on the bottom yeah. on the bottom of the boat which could um uh, which would then, I guess, function as uh, you know, as you'd expect a, fi- a hydrofoil to to kind of lift the boat out of uh, out of the water and give it uh, some some extra yep. speed for yep. uh, its 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 attack. Um, Loads of weapons on this thing, man. It is just geared to the to the max. There's uh, there's on on kind of the wings of the boat. There's these two um, torpedoes yep. that you could take off and and. Dip- deploy just above them there's these massive mounted uh, guns and just above those there's then these two uh, yellow missiles sort of mounted on the on the side of the yep. the boat uh, which yeah attached with a small mounting that could actually get fairly easily broken off and then uh, above them in the center of the boat there's that kind of uh, that chair that swivel chair with a with yep. a mounted double barrel gun and uh, and yeah, that's that's a very cool place for to kind of uh, position someone um, on the boat and and have them kind of overlooking everything and now, laying down have, fire. I'll tell you what, but, I love as well. Okay, sorry, I'm going to cut you off here because it's just drawn to my attention. Um, is that a secret gun in the middle, actually? In the very <laughs> yeah, in between the two oh. kind of um, windows, there's another yeah, yeah. teeny tiny little gun as well. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, I just spotted that. But no, I tell you what, I really love. And actually, no, I spotted another thing. Are these those hatches? Can you open them up and put people in the front there? Yeah, that's right. So they, there's the kind of the two main seats, and then in front of those, there's those two hatches that lift up, ah, and you can right. put uh, further two people um, in each. You know, one in each of. Uh, I keep spotting those. stuff. What I actually and then, want to talk about is that cobra, that cobra symbol, that emblem ooh, yeah, on the front. That, I don't think that's been reused anywhere else, has it? Is it just for the hydrofoil? Uh, I can't recall it being used anywhere else, but um, yeah, it's a very cool logo. Yeah. Sorry, carry on, carry on. <laughs> and then just in front of that sort of that secret gun, as you described it, there's a uh, kind of a lever, not a lever, a button almost, yes, yes. A, a sort of thing sticking out, and you you would press that down, and that would open up the uh, the top front of the uh, of the boat yes. to reveal a brace of uh, missiles which cool. is actually I think what what happens in uh, the issues that we just uh, read. Right, yeah. except they don't they, except they don't have to push a button <laughs> they don't the have to have someone with a massive thumb come down and, right, okay. and press the button on it um, I, like, I like that spot yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, I they, like that uh, spotlight as well by the kind of the, the right seat 
That's a very cool Spotlight. detail, and yeah, it, nice. it came originally, I believe, with a little bit of plastic, which was very easily uh, lost representing okay. the lens. But yeah, just behind the spotlight as well, but in, in those sort of two compartments with the, the seats, there's the, the glass frontage to to them, yes. which is just a, a just a lovely little detail just to uh, to sort of round off kind of the uh, that part of the, the and- front. I'm looking at the back of the boat. I'm just looking at the picture you sent me. Is that a, a mounted gun on the back, for, or is that a rail? Yeah. So on the um, on the box art, probably is the best way to to I see that. If that. you flick to flick to that, the box yeah, art had um, a torch wielding one of yeah. these. That that there's f- uh, four, two on either side, uh, sort of machine guns that are mounted to the to the back that could be grasped uh, by a by a crew member and i think yep. there was pegs on the floor as well so that you could actually you know put them in place and yeah uh, sort of shoot off the side of the boat so yeah another nice bit of armament and then uh, you can see storm shadow and baroness on that on that box art they're sort of yes. uh, opening up the depth charge compartment so that was yep. a little compartment you could lift up and and there would be these de- depth charges in there that would then drop out the the back of the the boat so there's just you know so many sort of play features uh to to the uh to the ship it was uh yeah pretty this cool is, stuff this is now bringing back so many memories i am going to put this in my top three all-time vehicles yeah i don't blame you it's yeah it's a really special uh vehicle out of that out of that range and you know like many it was it was kind of quite close to the uh to the front of uh well it's that kind of golden age for the vehicles almost it was i think 1985 release right. in in the in the states so i think i'm on the ebay year... right now i'm on ebay right now looking for one. <laughs> i think the year you after think the kidding. whale and and so on um and then it had a very cool driver as as well. So in 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 Ben's toy box, he had the uh, Dayglow orange yes. Sonic Fighter version of the uh, the Lamprey vehicle driver. But uh, in the uh, in the original release, it was a kind of silver jumpsuit with uh, uh, blue detailing to it. And uh, yeah, some somewhat garish perhaps. But but for me, I thought it, at the time it looked uh, very stylish. He also had uh, a kind of a nice little logo on the on the sleeve there kind of a a, kind yeah, of nice. a a skull with a with a knife uh through it and so the uh yeah the uniforms were described as tray modern by cobra commander <laughs> in the uh, in their original appearance in the marvel comic book and uh, they they have to train as uh eels for more than a more than a year and yeah, apparently it is quite uh, quite tricky to become uh, in you know to be worthy of wearing that uniform. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm putting a bid on one. Oh crikey! <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. What did you say at the beginning of this episode about uh, your collecting habits? <laughs> oh, jeepers! Here you go. I'll tell you what. Uh, here's one answer for our question that we're going to ask at the end of the show. At least. <laughs> um, anyway, stay tuned for that. Oh, and you'll find out. But um, yeah, no. Uh, let me get away from that and focus back on this. Yeah, great, great vehicle. Did you have it? Um, yeah, I had it when it came out in the uh, in the UK. Um, right. Yeah, and got a lot of play from us. There was, you know, there was so much to the to that vehicle. Um, yes. Yeah, took up a lot of space, but but yeah, def- definitely uh, definitely was a, a good purchase for us because it was yep. yeah very much one of my favourites. I need to do it. I think we should at some point sort of do do a top ten of our favourite uh, yeah. toys, uh, figures, and vehicles at some point. That'd be a bit of fun. Um, yeah, I, let's do it. Yeah, I would imagine that would be in my top ten somewhere, but. Uh, 
Yeah. I keep on good. saying things in my top 10. So it's, <laughs> it's probably quite a long top 10. <laughs> good stuff as always. Um, right, uh, what do we do now? Oh, yeah, we do this. You're listening to Talking Joe, and now for something completely different. <laughs> the Star Wars Galaxy. Sure has a lot of playgrounds. Playgrounds. Jedi Knights, Evil Sith, Bounty Hunters, all doing the rounds. Doing the rounds. But there's a guy so cool. The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Now expand your mind and be a Star Wars historian. Historian. It's 10 Minute Mando. He's chasing a star. It's 10 Minute Mando. He loves Beskar. It's 10 Minute Mando. In a galaxy far, far away. So, uh, 10 Minute Mando. This is season one, episode six, except, whoa, Chief forgot to watch the episode. So instead, it's going to be 10 Minute Not Mando. And it's going to be 10 Minute Solo slash Rogue One because I did watch those this week. Um, <laughs> I'm glad they are. I did. I, I, ga- I, gave, I gave Mark about five minutes notice prior to recording as i was running down right so what do we do we do catch up we do figure fiasco we do this we do toys we do 10 minute mando oh shit i forgot to watch it so uh yes um i he's you've had about 50 minutes to try and pull back all the memories of you watching those films <laughs> but um yeah so apologies anyone out there who's watched mando episode six expecting for us to discuss it that will be next week we'll do six and seven next week um but yeah solo and rogue one i had i don't know why i decided i think ben said i'm gonna watch solo and so i said i'll watch it as well and then he said right i'm gonna watch rogue one tonight i was like i might as well watch that as well now i gave solo i was just scoring straight up front for you i gave solo four out of five on letterboxd Uh and i gave rogue one four and a half out of five yeah very good uh, really enjoyed solo it was loads of fun i thought the guys excuse me i don't know the names i thought the actors playing solo and lando were absolutely perfect played those characters exactly how I wanted them to be um, all the scenes playing Sabacc were great uh, seeing Chewie in action fantastic you know just everything that train car uh, robbery chase thing across the sky fantastic set piece just really liked everything about it I think the first time round I wasn't too keen on Dryden Voss Paul Bettany's character I thought he was just a bit meh but this time round I actually kind of warmed to him a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I, I think he's an interesting character. I think he was actually recast um, in once Ron Howard came in as the uh, replacement director. Ah, right. So yeah, if you recall, like, like kind of the, the 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 film was under a little bit of a, a kind of a, a cloud because it, it was you know yeah. well into production when uh, the original directors, the guys behind the um, Lego Movie, yes, and. Uh, what else did they do? They did start uh, the the spot into the Spider Verse and and that kind of stuff, um, and yeah, they had a bit of a falling out with their directorial you know vision versus the uh, the Star Wars mob, and and then um, yeah, Ron Howard was brought in as a kind of safe pair of hands to kind yep. of uh, usher the uh, usher the the story and the project through. So um, yeah, I was very nervous at the time um, and and thinking that that yeah, this could be quite. Uh, a calamity in terms of the you know what we actually see on screen but yes i was i was quite surprised by it and actually did uh did really enjoy it yeah yeah it was you know really good fun um i thought that um daenerys was okay (laughs) um you know did did what she needed to do love the bit at the end where she calls up the hologram and has a little chat with darth maul oh yeah that was a nice little easter egg that sort of came out of nowhere 
When is this set then? Because I guess this would have been... I don't know because this young solo... I mean, look, I can Google it and find out when it was set. I'm just trying to picture it in my head because obviously in Phantom Menace, Maul gets cut in half and killed. But right. spoilers, comes back later on in The Clone Wars, animated. So, but in this, he's kind of on the hologram. He's kind of pictured full body before being cut in half. Uh, or I think it is full body after being cut in half. Right. Okay, maybe I haven't got that far because, again, spoilers. Beep, beep, beep. I've, I'm have i doing the Clone Wars rewatch, but I only ever, when I did it the first time around, got to the bit where he gets put on like spider legs. Yeah, so eventually he does does come back with more kind of human uh, uh, type okay. uh, All right, appendages. Okay. So, All right. um, yeah, I think there, there's a little bit of uh, uh, un- lack of clarity exactly about exactly what period this relates to. Um, but it's, you know, it, it would seem to be at some point during that, that later um, part of, of the Clone, Clone Wars, right. you know, once... Yeah. Um, once Darth Maul has been, come, you know, come back to to yeah, life okay. again, and with uh, with some, you know, proper legs and yeah, <laughs> etc. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's not pin. I don't think it's exactly pin pinpointed down as to okay. to the precise year and you know where where it is. But yeah, some point during that 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 era. Okay. Um, one thing I think the biggest detractor for me. I love all the bit where. Um, you know, Hans flying the Falcon, and then when they land on whatever that planet is, he says to someone, "I just did the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs or whatever." You know, all these little nods, really cool. And I actually got goosebumps when Han is in the pilot seat and Chewie sits down beside him, and I was mm. like, "Wow, that is just like I don't know." I got goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now. It's just like <laughs> such an iconic, you know, callback to those guys in in New Hope and all the in Empire where they're sitting together in the in the cockpit the Falcons loved it but the only bit that really rankled me was that stupid droid oh yes and uh-huh. the kind of the, the the love thing with Lando is just weird and unnecessary I did what any thoughts on that I I get that yeah I mean um sort of take it or leave it there was some humorous stick moments to it humoristic is that a word (laughs) humorous moments um you know sort of you know sort of setting free all of the uh, robot slaves or whatever i mean Um, obviously they're what they've done there is in trying to impart a lot of human characteristics like you said humanistic stuff and emotions into these seemingly um lifeless droids but I thought we'll segue here into this because I thought they did a better job with the K2SO droid in Rogue One where he's a little bit kind of sarcastic and um, has his own kind of agenda but a much more kind of likeable character yeah really looking forward to any time that he was appearing on the screen he was great yes yes Um, so yeah Rogue One I I think this is the third only the third time I've watched it saw it at cinema saw it again maybe the fourth time saw it on DVD and then decided to watch it again but uh, yeah I think it gets better every time I watch it it just felt like a Star Wars movie whereas I had also watched we're not going to discuss it but I had also watched the night before Rise of Skywalker which is only the second time I'd watched it since seeing it in cinema a year ago and just the only thing I'll say is there is absolutely zero need for anyone to ever watch that stupid Disney trilogy ever again (laughs) I, I, I can't 
picture where I would ever oh, watch episode seven, eight, or nine ever again. What? Why would I need to do that when I've got episodes four, five, and six, Solo and Rogue One? Anyway, we're not here to discuss that nonsense. Um, so Rogue One, yes, uh, love that, love Jyn Erso's character. Uh, not, not. I'm never, never overly impressed with Mads Mikkelsen. I don't think he's that good an actor. Um, I don't particularly like him. In I'm not seeing him in that much stuff, but I thought he was overacting in it. And okay. the, the the dude who played Krennic, though, whatever that dude's name is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's yeah, he's very good. I can't ben remember his name. Someone. Ben 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 Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, um, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Apart from in that stupid Ready Player One movie where he's junk along with the rest of the movie. But, uh, yeah, he was really good in this. Uh, he nice was to in see Captain Marvel as well as a, as a um, what they called the um, Skrulls. In, is he? I don't yeah, think yeah. I've seen Captain Marvel. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Um, no interest. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, good to see Vader. Vader doing good stuff there. Oh, yeah. I mean, sort of, because, because we when we saw him in, in you know, A New Hope and, and whatnot... He, he was the action sequences that he he was in there. He was, you know, an old, you know, almost an old man and kind of quite decrepit almost. And yeah. and, and I guess probably because the limits of the technology and and fight choreography at the time that you know you never really saw him let loose in the in the original tele- trilogy. Yes. So yeah, this this is the moment of all of the Star Wars films where actually you do see uh, Darth Vader properly, you know being yeah. let off the leash and really yeah. uh, going four ball against yeah. uh, the rebel scum that that um the scar- whole scarif stuff was you know really cool you had great it evokes the best bits of things like endor uh, battle mm. where you've got the ground stuff going on you've got the the big sky battle then you've got the luke vader and emperor stuff you kind of cuts between those three here you've yeah, got yeah, yeah. um the the really cool ground battle going on You've got really nice um, dogfighting up in the space, and then you've got the the Krennic Jin um, Cassian thing going on. So it almost mirrors that. that yeah, I hadn't thought about that really, before. That's a really good point. Really nice attacks and everything going on. Oh, re- really enjoyed that stuff. Um, Forrest Whitaker hams it up a little bit too much. <laughs> Saw Guerrera, but I'll give that a pass. That's fine. I, I love Whitaker, and but he's maybe going over the edge a little bit. But that's really cool. Um, the scenes where they go into Jeddah, um, you know, just kind of street level, grimy back alleys and stuff, and these troops patrolling really good. When you see all these scenic, there's like fallen Jedi almost, isn't there? Made out of mm. sto- the statues that have fallen over. In, and it really feels like the the Emperor are really a kind of like an occupying force of that that city, and you've kind of got that incurred, you know, insurgency against uh, against them where they're being uh, kind of ambushed in, in the tank. Yeah. A lo- yeah, lovely little sequence and getting uh, uh, introduced to. Um, you're going to have to help me with the names. Uh, Chirut yes. and <laughs> oh, 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 is that the time up? Okay. Um, yes, Chirut and whoever the other guy was. Uh, the I'm one with the force, and the force is one with me, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that would brings me on to my only other last thing to say. My only other thing which I think they pushed too far was there's way too many heroic lingering death scenes. Because obviously everyone dies in this movie, pretty much all the good guys. But every one of them gets like a thirty-second um, music montage—not montage, but music piece of them dying heroically—and it was just a little bit too much. But you know, I gave it four and a half, so you know. But, but also, and very... also, 
quick shout out to your brother who was an X-wing pilot in it. <laughs> he was, yeah. Yes, yes, shout yes. out to Pete, the uh, the X-wing uh, pilot in uh, in Rogue One. Listen, we'll close out the show with your responses to a question we asked, um, and you've got something to say, I think. Okay, yeah. So we asked you a question. You must answer us now before we bring out the goons with the rubber hoses and the brainwave scanner. Oh, jeepers, don't get the brainwave scanner out again. What did we ask them? I forgot already. No, the week before, we asked them about what their part, what people's partners thought, and now it was kids, is that right? That's right. So all of the little kids in your lives, your children, your nephews, your neighbours, you know, what do, you, what, what do they make of your, your hobbies? Are they, are they into it? Do they, you know, are they completely cold to it? Do you, you try and keep all of your mint toys away from them, or...? Uh, do you just throw it open for them to to let to let loose and destroy them? Um, so yeah, some good uh, d- good discussion there from the from the people on the uh, on the socials. So uh, over on uh, the Insta, we had GI Joe Black Wolf. Uh, he's saying ninety percent of my Joes are for playing with. They are they aren't allowed to open my Mint on Card Tiger Force Outback but they can throw sneak peek as far as they want. I like that attitude. <laughs> Let's play with those toys and uh, and sort of, yeah, be damned as to what happens to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there was uh, Argor76. He said uh, he ut- utilises his love of collecting in everyday life, and he talked about uh, using uh, using G.I. Joe as part of his student teaching to try and bring his lessons yeah, nice. to, to life. Nice. Uh, Hillbilly Harper's... Uh, doesn't hide it with it, with the kids in his life, and he's got a havoc for his five-year-old cousin, so that he wouldn't go after his own one. Good there man. we go, sort of displacement, like it. Yep, yep. <laughs> Take this one, leave my mint one alone. We've got Segovia Photography, who's just said, "I don't like." I sorry, I'll start again. I don't let kids in my house. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's another end of the spectrum there. So uh, one way to go. We're not going to judge. <laughs> yeah. Over on uh, Facebook, we had some fun responses as well. We had uh, uh, Michael who said that his eight-year-old loves it and he joins in with customizing the figures. So yeah, great bit of creativity there. Good stuff. Uh, Jim Godfrey, uh, our, our favorite straight shooter, says, "I get the piss ripped out of me by my six-year-old for uh, for having dollies. Kids have an innate sense of truth." Yeah. True. And uh, Sean over there says, uh, my kids, for the most part, could not care less about my collecting. Uh, well, can't have everything, can we? So um, yep. what about you, Chief? Um, I, I, I know that most of the stuff is sort of hidden away up in the uh, the loft, but some of it uh, does does bleed through down into the main house. So so what does Evelyn think of uh, think of your your hobbies and, and particularly the um, toy collecting? She, well, I don't think she knows the extent of the action figures because that is only a recent, you know, five, six weeks in. I'm into now purchasing, collecting action figures. But I guess I have had a lot of Lego over the years. And, you know, I've built Lego, a lot of Technic Lego. And I've built a lot of that downstairs at the, at the dining room table. And she's come over and helped out every now and again. And actually, we built last week, we got out a. Um, a Lego creator. We built a squid, I think it was, or a shark. So she likes to help out with that. But she's not overly into Lego. But you know, if I'm building stuff, she'll come along and help out. But she never really opts to play with that herself. I'm trying to think. Skill extra, like you said, it's up in the loft. When she has come up and had a go, she's very good at it. In fact, so oh. uh, um, I had another 
well, I was going to say another kid up here, but Dave came up. Dave Faceman, friend of the show, came up. And he's no good because, like most people, he just wants to press that trigger down as fast as he can. He comes <laughs> off on every corner and moans about having to get up. And I was like, yeah, but you're in control. Don't go so fast. You won't come off. But her control was brilliant. She, you know, I gave her a lesson once around the track. And then from then on, she was like slowing down on corners and stuff. So she was good. But again, not much interest in coming back up to play. So I don't think... You know, I suppose when I paint miniatures, she wants to be painting pictures with me, but doesn't really have any interest in painting small miniatures. So she enjoys some of the stuff I do, but it's not really fully shared. What about so your boys? I, I saw that she got stuck in with a diorama wall after, after oh, your yeah. attempt as well. Uh, well, you're right, actually. I will post pictures. Of she, When I started making dioramas, she wanted to do one, so she posed her My Little Ponies in front of, of, of some a diorama wall she made. So I'll post pictures up, actually. Good shout. What about your boys? Uh, yeah, so so they, they like it. I've sort of you know tried to in, encourage it and sort of share, share my enthusiasm with it. But, um, yeah, for, for the last little while, basically all of the, the toys that, that I've... Uh, had have pretty much been uh, there for for playing with and, and just trying to be a little bit zen about you know once I've handed it over to them, it's theirs. If they lose stuff, if they break stuff, you know that's okay. That it's their toys. Don't worry about it. Um, you know they've got their own styles and uh, yep. yeah. Thomas particularly, who's just turned uh, nine now, uh, yes. is yeah you know super into it and he's sort of really enjoying uh, playing with. Uh, the 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 Joes the six inch ones and and the three and three quarter ones, uh, you know, really getting lost in imaginative play and it's uh it's you know lovely to to see, and uh, you know when it, when I have sort of gone down the rabbit hole a little bit of buying some new stuff, and and he has been sort of seeing that and sort of salivating over it, sort of going you know can I have that one to play with, right. <laughs> and, and and I was like oh I kind of got these ones to stick on my bookshelf and look nice and not lose the piece, pe- yep. the pieces. Um, so, so do they do they spend their own money on on toys? Um, not really so much. It's mostly stuff that either is birthdays and Christmases or just stuff that is given as kind of rewards for doing well at school or something like that, or or you know, or just me being nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, the question that we are posing to you, our loyal listeners, for next week is have you do you make a habit or have you ever made any impulse purchases? So we've got our collecting of comics, toys, video games, whatever it is, and most people are fairly sensible and they'll, you know, either budget or they'll, you know, know what they want to purchase. But are there any things that really stick out as full on impulse purchases that you either regret buying afterwards or you are happy that you made that impulse purchase you know i was about to bid 150 quid on a hydrofoil a minute ago so uh, that would have been an impulse purchase <laughs> but i i didn't in the end but uh, yeah impulse purchases good or bad let us know and we will read out the best ones next week so it's been a fun week been a good episode as always you can catch us in the usual places that's talking underscore joe on twitter talking joe comics on instagram talking joe comics at gmail.com and talking joe a gi joe podcast on facebook we had a new person join today in fact uh, apologies i forgot already the name <laughs> of that person but uh, welcome aboard sir or, or gal whoever you might be joining the fun discussion over on the facebook group but um with all that said and done we will catch you down the road because we've been talking joe and, and we're, we're all, all out, out joes. Joes. laters